This is Gregory Bloom at Food Chat. Welcome to Food Chat. Food Chat is a new show about all things food. Every Wednesday, here, same time, same place, talking about growing food, harvesting food, processing food, cooking food, all things food. Maybe the most fun is how to how to eat food. And we'll be interviewing this summer during this show, farmers, ranchers, food processors, chefs, restaurant owners, and a lot of other people that are stakeholders in the food industry. I think you'll learn a lot from this show and learn from my 30 years experience selling food and working in six different USDA food plants that process food. You can send questions and comments uh, by going to my website, gregorybloom.com, and find out information about past shows and future shows here on Food Chat. Today I have a guest, special guest, that I would like to introduce to you, and we're going to talk is John Jaramillo. John is the co-founder of the Colorado Hispanic Restaurant Association and also the Colorado Hispanic Chefs Association. And John has a co-founder, Celine, and uh, she's not with us today, but I will have her on with a, John with a future show. But John, would you tell us a little bit about your background and why you and Celine thought it was a good idea to start the Colorado Hispanic Restaurant Association? Uh, yes, sir. Well, th- number one, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it and, and allowing you us to tell our story. So, but I, I grew up in Colorado, so I'm a Colorado uh, native. I graduated from Winter High School way back when, and then I went into the military for 20 years. Served in the U.S. Navy for 20 years and came back to Colorado about uh, 18, 19 years ago, and uh, love it. I loved everything about being in the Navy, serving our great country. And then uh, now we started the Hispanic Restaurant Association. We started it because we wanted to give a platform to not the owner or the restaurant name, but the staff, the chefs, and the staff behind it. And we wanted to give them a platform to kind of, you know, the Hispanic community kind of makes up about 50%, 60% of the restaurant community. But there's that kind of a language and sometimes cultural barrier. We want to overcome that and through some of the, our initiatives. And we founded it to once again, give a platform to the chef and the staff and and help make everyone uh, work together better. Yeah, I sell um, restaurants all across this great state uh, products. And I would say, John, from my experience, well, I call it dragging the bag, but sampling chefs over the last 30 years in the food service industry, you know, half the time or more that the chef I'm meeting with is of Hispanic origin. And so, I, I know it's important, and uh, I really, really admire and think what you're doing is serving a great need. And before I forget, John, I just want to thank you for serving our country in the Navy, and I just love the veterans. My dad was one, and uh, I just appreciate that. John, what are some of the challenges that your chef members and your restaurant owner members are facing right now in this current economy that you're trying to help them with? Well, one of the biggest ones is, is staffing. Because there's just not enough people, so we have to provide a platform so everybody can talk to one another. We we can't name the names yet, but we're partnering with a national technology company to help us solve that issue. So if there's a worker in California that wants to come to Colorado or just geographically not here, if they can see that there's an, an opportunity somewhere they may not be, or or the restaurant worker, or the staff, or the owner. They or restaurant group, they want to see, oh, who, who's out there? Is there a singular platform for that? And we'll provide, help provide training to upskill them 
to help get them to the point where they're instead of just being a, a pulse coming to the industry, they have some a little bit of training behind them. They understand the restaurant culture. They understand the restaurant industry. So that's one issue. I just, just want to. I'm going to just pause you there, John. I think that is so important because as I work with restaurants, I see number one, they all have a first, uh, you know, help wanted sign up in the window. Or if you talk to their general manager and say, "Are you hiring?" Like, of course, we're always hiring. None, none of them are fully staffed. I mean, you even see signs now that said, "We're sorry that your service is lacking here today, but we are short staffed." And everybody gets that, so you just wait a little bit longer. But also, they they're so overtaxed right now because the managers themselves are working the line and even the executive chef which typically you know had time to meet with me at two o'clock after lunch for a little meeting and we could talk about their new menu or some new products i want to show them or whatever they're now on the line they don't have the time to train their own people so i think what a what a huge service you're going to be able to help with with those those restaurants okay so other than staffing what other challenges are, are you helping them with uh, one of them would be the language barrier that we see. As we mentioned earlier, the Hispanic Latin community makes up a significant part of the industry. There's always that kind of that language uh, barrier that there that uh, you and I both know of. We're you know we we're just trying to solve it. We, so we partnered with Community College in Denver, and we're working with another uh, large technology company to develop the Food and Beverage Language Institute. It's going to be a hybrid tool where it's going to be classes on their phone, but we're also going to have office about hours available uh, through instructors. And this will be an, uh, eventually be a nationwide platform to where we can develop the, you know, lower the cultural barriers and the language barriers there. And we're also, as part of that, coming out with the Spanish for Leaders program to where we're going to help the GMs, the staff that doesn't speak Spanish, at least get some basics down so they can communicate. And, and it'll, it'll really help lower that cultural barrier because they're going to start understanding one another. Wow, that's important. You know, I um, actually, when I was in college, John, you don't know this, but when I was in college, I taught um, English as a second language at a private school in Los Angeles, actually in Van Nuys when I was going to college. And then I went to seminary after I graduated for from college and just for a semester to take some classes. But while I was there, I made a pretty good wage teaching English, English as a second language. And all of my students were from Central America and Mexico. They were all, no one further south than Central America, but actually some from Cuba. But the hard thing for me was just teaching them the, I taught kind of an advanced level class. Uh, Spanish was prohibited in the class. It was all English conversation. But one thing that was hard was preparing them for what industry they were gonna go into, because we didn't know what vocab words, what 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 they needed to know. So, But you're specifically teaching people with your Food and Beverage Institute, uh, you know, what kind of vocab and things they need to be able to discuss related to the restaurant industry. So I think I think that's great. So awesome. I don't yeah, know if you want to say anything yeah. more about that. Uh, I was going to ask you, you know, yeah, what, what other yeah, issues? Yeah, it's, it's specifically industry focused. So that, that once again, it helps them. Uh, as part of that is going to, we're going to have a restaurant training series in both Spanish and English. So that way we'll meet them where they're at. And then they're going to learn uh, English. They're going to learn Spanish. And it'll, it'll just be easier process to be integrated into the restaurant culture. And what that allows the GM, the owner, and just the whole restaurant and culinary industry is allows a path of progression. Is once we can uh, understand and, and talk to each other, then like, oh, okay, now you can run my restaurant eventually or be a general manager or a manager or whatever level you want to be at. It just allows that opportunity. 
So I think how this applies to some of the people maybe listening today is if they know of someone that uh, owns a restaurant, and most of us know someone uh, that owns a restaurant, or we frequent restaurants, we all have a list of five or six or maybe bigger, but me, five or six restaurants that I frequent on a regular basis that are owned by local families, because I'd really try to find those locally owned restaurants that are, that are you know, Colorado-based and not to support the national chains with my food dollar. But if you know uh, people like that, our listeners could direct them to the Colorado Hispanic Restaurant Association for staffing, uh, language barriers, getting their employees trained, knowing uh, how to speak you know, English better and way. What, what, what other, maybe this one other, one other issue you're helping with, John, and then I'll move on to a different question set. Um, just the... Uh Everybody's having logistics issues, just distribution. So we partner with their different companies, such as yourself and you know other smaller companies, just to get products to restaurants because uh, the broadliners are having difficulty just as much as the small guys. So they have to. We're trying to through our networks make sure that the restaurant is served by all these uh, other vendors and distributors. And we have a um, leadership program called the Five Pillars Leadership Renaissance because leadership can solve so many issues. And that's part of going to be part of the Food and Beverage Language Institute. It's just part of our whole ethos of what we're trying to establish in the culinary industry. Wow. Well, I because I own a logistics company that delivers food to restaurants and retail stores, I know all about logistics issues. Number one, we have help issues too. Um, and we all have to have refrigerated trucks to deliver those products cold. And those products use fuel. They use diesel fuel. So we're paying record high prices for diesel fuel. But here's the fun thing that about, it's not fun, but it's difficult. If it's kind of funny that, you know, when you sell a restaurant and you ask them when they want their delivery, they all want their delivery in the morning. Why? Because that's when they have the people come in before lunch and they're ready to, to prep, to prep food, cut the salad, cut the lettuce, you know, get everything ready for the day, cut the steaks and just get everything ready before they get into their busy part of their day, which is lunch and then dinner. Well, so it's impossible if a food service distributor, uh, my company or any of the other ones to deliver everybody between nine and 10 in the morning. Some of them have to get an after lunch delivery. Some of them have to get an early evening delivery. Some of them have to get a really early 5 a.m. morning delivery, which they don't like so it's that is tough logistics is is really tough and i'm glad that you're helping your members understand that and work through that hey um john i want to just change to a different set of questions for you um can you tell us about some of the restaurants that are that are your members that people might be able to both know about and also frequent their establishments yes i'll you know, i'd love to that's one of my favorite parts <laughs> excuse me one of those is Biota. It's at uh, River North at uh, the Source Hotel. Uh, Manny Badea, he's the president of the Hispanic Chefs Association. Talk about a uh, epic chef as far as producing food. Just, it's really, really fantastic. Another one is uh, Nomad Taqueria, the Origin Hotel up in Golden. Uh, uh, chef Pablo Aya, he he gets all the local products. He has this great venison taco, and then just some other dishes that are just. He's really elevated the game there. That's kind of a uh, new place, John. Before you, I'm just going to pause you there because people may not know that that hotel, the Origin Hotel, is a newer hotel right off I-70 at the Morrison Road exit. So most people know that interchange because they park their car there and then ride up, carpool up the mountains. But at that intersection, if you go north of that intersection, just north 
west of that interchange at I-70 Morrison, there's a beautiful hotel there called the Origin Hotel, which is a locally owned hotel. And inside there, there is a great restaurant. And that's where the, am I right? That's where the Nomad Taqueria is. is am I right, John? Yes. It's, yes. It's in part of the hotel. Yes. It, it's a great place. I mean, it's just, it's just a fun place. It's beautiful. They have a little great courtyard. I mean, it's, it's pretty, I, I have, when I'm coming back from the mountains, I'll stop in there. One, I, I like, the sh- I know the chef and then, but it's great food. I mean, just the, and then uh, another one is, this is a European, it's a little bit different. Uh, it's uh, Krakowia up in, uh, up in uh, Westminster area. Uh, one of our chefs, part of the Colorado Chefs Association, uh, Chef Rudy Elsner, he produces some great Eastern Polish food. I'd love that place. Eastern Polish uh, food. What a niche. And it's called Krukobia. Eastern European. Oh, yeah, Eastern Krukobia. European food. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then um, the last one is a food truck. Uh, he just recently he was the chef at Shanahan, um, uh, Zuri Rezendev. He was the executive chef at Shanahan's, just recently departed that and opened his own concept called Luchador Food Food Truck. Uh, and it's Luchador, L-U-C-H-A-D-O-R, foodtruck.com is where he just launched it a couple weeks ago. But you you met him at the Bean Summit. Yeah, I did, and I did. And I want to <laughs> lead into the Bean Summit and the chef competition that we did there in March. But before I do that, so if people want to eat off Chef Zuri's food truck, is his food truck going to be parked at a certain place that they can find, or would they go and find him and request his food truck to come to their to their workplace? How does that work? Do you know? They can do both. He has a uh, his website is luchadorfoodtruck.com. That's the place where they can do that. Luch- John, I'm going to just back up. Has- You're saying luchador, luchador food truck. Yes. Okay. L u c h a d o r foodtruck.com. Just like it sounds, luchador then, food truck. Okay. Yep. Yep, and the same thing. He has. He's also on Instagram. I know that. That's where I get a hold of him. Um, so yeah. So he's part of the Colorado Food Magazine, our you know, our podcast there. We're going to talk about that next, but I just want to say that I was able to see some of the members in the Colorado Hispanic Restaurant Association in action at a event we sponsored at Metropolitan State University in early March. It was called the Colorado Bean Summit, and the challenge of the chefs were they had to take beans that were grown in Colorado and they had to make them look sexy. They had to they had to kind of up the game for beans because beans are kind of boring, right? But they had to do something exciting with beans, and boy, did they perform! I think they blew the the windows off of everybody's expectations. And we had Nine News there. They did a segment on it. We had the Denver Post there. We had Fifty Two Eighty Magazine there. It was just a great event, and I got so much positive feedback from everybody in attendance that said they had no idea of the quality of the talent of these chefs in Denver from all over the area, but a lot of them are from Mexico, a lot of them are from Central America, and this is like rock star talent. This is like Food Network talent. These people live and work amongst us, but we don't know they're there because they're kind of below our radar. So I was just just an awesome way to see these guys bring their A-game to to be visible to the general public. Yeah, and you're exactly right. You nailed it. I couldn't have said it any better because we want to give a platform to those chefs, not the restaurant owner or the restaurant name, but to the chef. And that's the Hispanic Chefs Association. And, you know, we talk about we had our, the first nation's first Hispanic top chef last year uh, in uh, November. We're going to have this year's on October 15th of this year. Well, it'll be open to the general public, at least on a limited schedule, but we're, uh, scale. 
But we're going to have the Hispanic Top Chef uh, 2022 on October 15th at MSU. So yeah, it'll be streamed live, too. Yeah, and I want to get into some of the events that are open to the general public, meaning the listeners of this show could come and see and experience what you and I are talking about. Before I do that, I just want to give a plug for our sponsor, RanchFreshMeats.com, because we do sell high-quality meats vetted out from farmers, ranchers, and USDA plants that I, Greg, know personally. But we also sell Colorado Proud, Colorado Source, Colorado Grown Beans, which is why we had sponsored this event, because people don't know, John, that Colorado is the sixth largest bean-producing state in the nation. Right? We're in the top six. Anytime you're in the top ten for any food production item, you know, you're doing a lot of production so especially pinto beans so all these local chefs that you work with that are all typically from typically from um, countries where they eat a lot of beans they can buy local beans so that's why we had plugged into the event so people can go to ranchfreshmeats.com and go through all the steaks and great things that we have and they can also buy pinto beans yellow beans garbanzo beans black-eyed peas uh, even white rice uh, from ranchfreshmeats.com so back to John the events that the general public, the people listening to this show, can go to your website, and I want you to tell everyone your website, and maybe talk about some of these events they can go to, a little bit about the events that are coming up this summer. Yes, a couple of them. Well, a couple of them are going to be fundraisers, but I'll put that on the website, but all of it will be on HispanicRestaurantAssociation.org, Every, everything I'm talking about. But one of the best ones uh, is the Hispanic Top Chef. That's October 15th, Metropolitan State. Uh, we also, in August, we're going to have uh, the Meat on Fire Festival, uh, the ultimate barbecue, all things meat. It's going to be ah, it's going to be epic. Uh, that's one. And then next year, uh, we're going to have an all things Colorado show, food showcase. And that's just every, from fruits and vegetables to, to grains to meats to Everything that is grown in the Colorado food ecosystem, we're going to have it at this show. And the, 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 the date time frame, it's going to be February, March, but that's when we're going to hold it. But it will be all things Colorado food. And it'll, you know, it'll also, if you listen to the Colorado Food Magazine podcast, uh, you'll, you'll hear a lot about it on that. Okay, so just to recap for everyone, that if they want to know more about any of these events, they would go to um, HispanicRestaurantAssociation.org, and they'll be able to see these events. And the events that you mentioned were America's Top Chef, uh, Colorado Top Hispanic Chef, um, and all things Colorado. I just want to tell everyone that um, these are not like um, kind of low-quality, low-production events. This, this would be like you were invited to go to Los Angeles to a studio in Burbank, and you're allowed to see some of the top chefs in the nation that you might see on the Food Network. But they're famous, but here they're not. They're like locally known, and they're locally very well-respected and held in high regard, but the general public doesn't know about them because they're working in the back of the house, or they're new to the restaurant, or they just don't. people don't get a chance to meet the chef that's cooking all the food. So this would be just a great experience to come see some like Hollywood-quality chef talent right here in our own backyard. That's exactly right, and thank you for mentioning that. We talked to going to help produce America's Top Chef next year. That's going to be pretty cool. It's going to be epic. So, Yeah, that's exciting. I can't wait for, for all this stuff. Um, John, tell me, um, how do people... Um, well, here's a, here's a good question. So we're talking about Hispanic Restaurant Association and the um, Hispanic Chefs Association. Um, 
do you have to be Hispanic to be part of either one of those? So if someone knows a, a chef or is a chef or people in the food business want to plug into your group and what's going on, do they have to be Hispanic? No, absolutely not. Uh, we, we just you don't. Anybody that comes to our doors, we will help. Because whether you're, you're in the restaurant industry on any level or in the food service industry in the Colorado ecosystem, there's Latin Hispanics involved. And we all just have to work together. So you do not. I mean, you, you joined our association. You see how well it's working out as far as what we're doing, and and you see the, the different parts. So you do not. Chefs, come one, come all. That's our philosophy. Great. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Well, so uh, that answers my question. And I and I have seen, I've gone to a couple of your events. I have seen some of your members there that are not of Hispanic origin. Why, why do you think... Um, this is kind of a no-brainer question, very common-sense question, but why a Hispanic Restaurant Association and not a Asian-American Restaurant Association organization? Why did you focus on that, that one group, uh, the Hispanic, the Hispanic, you know? Um, well, the number, number one is uh, the Latin, Hispanics, and uh, Mexicans. We, we make up a significant part of the culinary industry. Right. I love the culinary industry. Uh, food breaks down all barriers. And so I just want to give a platform to the chef, to the worker, to whoever wants to be involved in, in elevating the game and giving a platform to uh, the people that need it. And so that's why we started there. But as you mentioned earlier, come one, come all. We'll help anyone that walks through the doors. I'm a 20-year military guy. Uh, we all believe the same, and I know that. And then there's just, if you listen to the Colorado Food Magazine, we have a couple cool guests there. We talk about lowering the barriers in food, and even on the battlefield. There's uh, Chad Smith, who was a member of uh, Delta Force, and then we have uh, Zach Wallace, who was a member of uh, a Marine unit that served in Afghanistan and, and Iraq, both respectively. And they talk about how food lowers all barriers. And I feel the same way. You feel the same way. It's one thing on, you know, 100% everybody on the planet have in common, food. And when we want to get to know somebody better, what do we do? invite them over for dinner right break some bread right you know i've talked to some of the members um your organization at events and you know i asked them about their background and how did they learn about food and how did they learn to love culinary art you know and it's so many of them you know they grew up in central america or they grew up um in uh, one one chef i'm speaking of thinking of uh, uh colombia um at nomad taqueria uh, pablo pablo pa- yeah. pablo's from colombia he grew up um, you know, in the food business and learning to love food. And he, he has actually, his family actually makes um, cheese from a dairy that they own in Colombia. So he learned how to do all these cool things with, with cheese. And he and other chefs, you know, they don't, they didn't go to a, a culinary academy. They don't have a hundred thousand dollar degree with a plaque to hang on the wall to say that they're a chef, but they, they've grown up with it. And the things that they learn to do with food are different than if they had grown up here because they have different kinds of food there. And back there, honestly, from what I've seen, one of my trips down there, they, they, they're closer to food production, to the actual, where the food is sourced from, the ranch, the farmer, the plant, they're making their own cheese. They're just a little bit less disconnected than a typical American chef here. And it's not their fault, it's just the way, but they just have this passion for food and bringing it to the table. And I just love talking to these guys because they're just so passionate about what they do. Yeah, the, the flavor profiles they bring to our country that we don't know about till now, till we give them this platform and you know we want the world to know about, 
it's simply amazing. It really is. I mean, I just I could go on and on and on. And one, uh, I, I also want to mention Bruto. That's a very high end. Uh, I, I would call them Michelin star, but I, I can't award that. <laughs> We're new, but he is an incredible chef. Also, uh, chef uh, Michael DeLeon uh, at Bruto in downtown. Oh, Bruto downtown. Okay, and Chef Michael DeLeon at Bruto. That'd be another place to check out. Um, how do you connect? Like um, you're doing all these industry events for chefs and working with the chefs and helping them elevate their game and and all these things we talked about. But then, how do you like um, connect that with the general public and can, you know and share the message and share the story? And you're doing that through, I believe, your platform of Colorado Food Magazine. Is that a website? Is that an Instagram account? What is that? And, and explain that to us. It's uh, all three. We have the Colorado Food Magazine is our digital medium to get the word out, so people can go to and we can educate them about all the chefs, all the restaurants, all. What's in the food industry? Producing, you know, we're going to be producing shows. But it's, we're on Spotify on the Colorado Food Magazine. We're on YouTube under the Colorado Food Magazine Food Show, uh, and also uh, the website Colorado Food Magazine, which will direct you to everything I'm talking about. Yeah. So if you want to meet, so if you're listening to this show, uh, Food Chat. Hosted by Gregory Bloom, a new food show about all things food, food production, food farming, just everything you would ever want to know and a lot of things you don't know about food production, then uh, you want to go to GregoryBloom.com and come back here every week through the summer, Wednesdays at 1230 to hear um, me interview a new person that has something to do with food production. Today we have John Haramil from the Colorado Hispanic Chefs Association. He was just talking about the Colorado Food Magazine, and that's his way of connecting to you, the general public. And then he interviews chefs, and he interviews industry stakeholders and he, uh, in, in Denver. Hey, we just have about a minute left, John, and I kind of directed everything by the questions that I asked you. Do you have anything that you want to share that I didn't ask or any closing comments? I, I did forget that we're on Instagram, Colorado Food Magazine. Please follow us. Just uh, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for uh, you know, inviting us on this show. Uh, our goal, our mission and vision is to educate and elevate everyone about the food uh, systems in Colorado and, and it, you know, the complexity of it. It is complex, and I'm so glad to know that you're doing what you're doing, and I'm privileged to be a part, blessed to be a part of the great people in your organization. Uh, hey, today's show was brought to us by Ranch Fresh Meats, a great place to go for locally sourced and premium quality proteins and even beans that we have vetted out the story of the rancher, the farmer. The difference between us and most other companies that you'd ever buy from is we actually know the families and the farms and the plant owners that produce the products. So we really appreciate your patronage. Summer is a great time to go to our website, ranchfreshmeats.com. We always have promotions. We always have stuff on sale. We always have a new item to uh, get your interest like this month, Wagyu Tri-Tips from Dan Morgan's Ranch. Dan Morgan called me a few weeks ago and said hey Greg I'm long on tri-tips could you do a special I'll give you a hot price we pass it along you can buy a high quality tri-tip Wagyu tri-tip beautiful marbling from Dan Morgan's ranch that is awesome on a grill or a barbecue I got cooking ideas ranchfreshmeats.com hey thank you for joining us with our new talk food chat and we hope you'll come back every week this summer to hear us talk about all things food
The views and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect those of Crawford Broadcasting, the station, management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.